Chapter six of Aristotle's Masterpiece by Pseudo Aristotle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six of the happy state of matrimony as it is appointed by God, the true felicity that rebounds thereby to either sex, and to what end it is ordained. Without doubt, the uniting of hearts in holy wedlock is of all conditions the happiest, for then a man has a second self to whom he can reveal his thoughts, as well as a sweet companion in his labours, toils, trials and difficulties. He has one in whose breast, as in a safe cabinet, he can confide his inmost secrets, especially where reciprocal love and inviolable faith is centred. For there, no care, fear, jealousy, mistrust or hatred can ever interpose. For base is the man that hateth his own flesh, and truly a wife, if rightly considered, as Adam well observed, is or, quote, I take not that to be my dowry, which the vulgar sort do wealth and honour call, that all my wishes terminate in this. I'll obey my husband and be chaste withal, to have God's fear and beauty in my mind, to do those good who are virtuously inclined. Unquote. Ought to be esteemed of every honest man as bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, etc., nor was it the least care of the Almighty to ordain so near a union, and that for two causes. The first, for the increase of posterity. The second, to restrain man's wandering desires and affections. Nay, that they might be yet happier, when God has joined them together. He blessed them, as in Genesis 2. An ancient writer contemplating this happy state, says, in the economy of Xenophon, quote, that the marriage bed is not only the most pleasant, but also profitable course of life that may be entered on for the preservation and increase of posterity. Wherefore, since marriage is the most safe and delightful situation of man, he does in no ways provide amiss for his own tranquillity who enters into it, especially when he comes to maturity of years. There are many abuses in marriage contrary to what is ordained, the which in the ensuing chapter I shall expose to view. But to proceed, seeing our blessed Saviour and his holy apostles detested unlawful lusts, and pronounced those to be excluded the kingdom of heaven that polluted themselves with adultery and whoring i cannot conceive what face people have to colour their impieties who hating matrimony make it their study how they may live licentiously for in so doing they take in themselves torment enmity disquietude rather than certain pleasure not to mention the hazard of their immortal soul and certain it is that mercenary love or as the wise man called it, harlot smiles, cannot be true and sincere and therefore not pleasant, but rather a net laid to betray such as trust in them with all mischief 
as solomon observes of the young man void of understanding who turned aside to the harlot's house quote, as a bird to the snare of the fowler or as an ox to the slaughter till a dart was struck through his liver Unquote. nor in this case can they have children those endearing pledges of conjugal affection or if they have they will rather redound to their shame than comfort bearing the odious brand of bastards harlots likewise are like swallows flying in the summer season of prosperity but the black stormy weather of adversity coming they take wing and fly into other regions that is seek other lovers but a virtuous chaste wife fixing her entire love upon her husband and submitting to him as her head and king by whose directions she ought to steer in all lawful courses will like a faithful companion share patiently with him in all adversities run with cheerfulness through all difficulties and dangers though ever so hazardous to preserve and assist him in poverty sickness or whatsoever misfortunes befall him acting according to her duty in all things but a proud imperious harlot will do no more than she lists in the sunshine of prosperity and like a horse leech ever craving and never satisfied still seeming displeased if all her extravagant cravings be not answered not regarding the ruin and misery she brings on him by those means though she seems to dote upon him used to confirming her hypocrisy with crocodile tears vows and swoonings when her cully has to depart awhile or seems but to deny immediate desires yet this lasts no longer than she can gratify her appetite and prey upon his fortune now on the contrary a loving chaste and even-tempered wife seeks what she may to prevent such dangers and in every condition does all she can to make him easy and in a word as there is no content in the embraces of a harlot so there is no greater joy in the reciprocal affection and endearing embraces of a loving obedient and chaste wife nor is that the principal end for which matrimony was ordained but that the man might follow the law of his creation by increasing his kind and replenishing the earth for this was the injunction laid upon him in paradise before his fall to conclude a virtuous wife is a crown and ornament to her husband and her price is above all rubies but the ways of a harlot are deceitful End of chapter 6